Is it possible to stay pure in an impure world? I mean, is it? do you ever feel that way? It, it's everywhere in all kinds of ways. And, uh, and today I want to help you as I am continuing to strive for for more wisdom and insight from the Lord, from his word and from his people. Um, I, I want to help encourage you and equip you to live pure in an impure world. So hang on, before you, you check out and say, you know what, I don't struggle with pornography or I don't struggle with sexual sin. Maybe that's true and praise God for that for you. But but even if that doesn't directly apply to you, I want to encourage you to stay with it through this video. Why? Because statistically, 91.5% of males struggle with pornography and 60.2% of women struggle with pornography. Okay, get that. get your head around that for a second. 91.5% of men and 60.2% of women struggle at some level with pornography. Not all of those people thinking it's wrong or bad or sin or even believe in sin or care what God thinks about it. But still, you need to understand that even if this isn't your direct struggle, most people's it is. And the people that you walk around, live with, related to, know go to church with, maybe work alongside all these people. There's a lot of them without just some judgmental skepticism, but statistically, most of them are struggling statistically with pornography or engaging with it in some ways on, on some level of a regular basis. That's a massive amount. That's, I mean, 91.5% is not that far away from a hundred percent of men. So some of you are, are, are like, I don't know. Why do I need to know about this? That's not something I deal with. Praise God that you're in that very small percentage who, who doesn't seem to be dealing with it or not tempted by it, but a lot of people are. I talk to a lot of people throughout any given year, particularly, particularly men, who, who have heard my story and my testimony with my journey and freedom from an addiction to pornography that I, that I would call an addiction. I was never diagnosed, but something I felt like I was powerless and I knew that I needed help from God, a power that is greater than mine. And, and so for me, I was way late to the game in such a beautiful way, meaning praise God that I was late to the game, but I was like 16 when I first really saw pornography. And then I really began my journey of freedom when I was 20 going on 21, but before I was 21 years old. So there was a four to five years when I really struggled. I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody. I just felt, oh, I just felt grief and shame. And, um, I believed that it wasn't good, healthy, right for me, but I, I didn't know what to do with it. And I felt very powerless and, and, uh, praise God that at, at college, I met some, some young men who were ahead of me in their journey and they were being honest about their story and their journey. And I was able to confess to them and, and, and share my, my heart and my story. And we began to, to pray together and dialogue together and confess on a regular basis and, and journey. And it just allowed the spirit of God to transform and the grace of God to transform my life. And, and I've gone on. It's been uh, many years. I'm 37 now. So uh, many years since I've really 
kind of actively um, struggled or felt like I was enslaved to that. And uh, I, I feel called to continue to share that with others so that they feel invited, so that you feel invited to talk with somebody who compassionately cares and un- but understands the, the, the struggle and how hard it is and how powerless you feel and sometimes how hopeless you can feel that there is hope beyond it that there's a way to to overcome, to truly live a pure life in an impure world. Pornography has never been more accessible. I mean, you think about human history, sexual immorality has always been there. That's not new. But the accessibility for almost people of any age, depending on parental controls over a child's life, um, it is incredibly accessible. And it's not just a, um, a softcore porn magazine, which isn't great all by itself, but this is like hardcore crazy stuff that's out there and it's free and it's accessible and all you need is an internet connection. I mean, this is insane. And it is, it is wrecking lives, marriages, mindsets, uh, all kinds of things. And, um, I mean, the average age, the average age of a child who is looking at pornography or has been exposed to pornography is 12 years old. That means it's the average age. Some are a little older than that, like I was, but some are seven eight, nine years old. And, uh, I mean, it's shaping people's brains, children, teenagers, young adults, uh, and obviously beyond young adults, it's shaping brains and wiring in our heads, not just to view, uh, sex in a certain way that is completely fictitious and, and not realistic or healthy, but it is, it's messing with the way we view reality and our world, our motivations, um, and the way that we actually engage even, even healthy relationships in marriage. And so uh, some of you might be listening or are not married. You, know, you might be single or not married or, or younger. Uh, or it doesn't matter what age you are. You just might not be married. Some of you are married and it's even more terrifying in some ways because you feel the struggle to por- with pornography or sexual sexual temptation that, uh, and you're married. So it, again, it's, it's, it's not good, healthy, right. It's sin either way, but, but when you're married, it, it can sometimes feel like you have to, uh, be more secretive and hide that even more. I talk to men who feel a lot of extra shame because they're married and they, they really feel like this is going to upset their spouse. And so understandably, so if you're a spouse of someone and you're just terrified, that, you know, your spouse is, is engaging in pornography rightfully so, but, but can I, can I compassionately share this advice as I've talked with many, many people who've gone through this, you need to lead with humility, grace, and compassion that you too need God's grace and power over your sin in your life. That you, and I mean this with deep compassion, I'm not dismissing the sin of pornography or anything else, but if you are just terrified or you found out that your spouse is looking at pornography or or struggling with this and they come to you or they confess this, please, I, I beg you to open a hand of compassion and mercy and grace the way Jesus Christ has offered that to you in your sin because they're reaching out because they want help. I, I, I can almost guarantee you that the people out there, some of you may be listening that are struggling with this, do not want to struggle with it. 
they they wish they could flip a switch and just turn it off. And so I I just pray as as I share seven helpful steps and tips, not necessarily have to be in perfect order, but these seven really things that I don't believe are any of them are really non-negotiables to overcome uh, this this you know this type of temptation and, and impurity. Um, it's it's specific to pornography because it's the by far the most dominant thing. But listen, there are there are TV shows, music, movies, all types of content that aren't classified as pornographic, but they do not meet the Apostle Paul standards of do not even let there be a hint of sexual immorality in your lives. Okay, so again, check yourself where you're at on this, even if you're not looking at pornographic sites or whatever. Um, it, it, I, I just implore tons of humility, grace, compassion for you. I pray that for you, if you're struggling with this, I pray that you'll accept God's grace, compassion. And, and if it's for someone else that you know, that you love, I pray that you will lead with compassion. Yes, it needs dealt with. Yes, it is wrong. Yes, it is not pleasing and is not pure before the Lord. It is not righteousness. It is not holiness. Absolutely. But let's get help. And a lot of times help stops because of judgment or or really harsh treatment. And um, man, I, I, I'm praying for freedom. And that's the, that's the goal of this video. It's not that you watch this video and suddenly you're free, but that you have and you walk away with more clarity of tools. And again, these are things that are from not only my experience, but what I see in scripture, what I've learned through other brothers and what I know if you live into these, that it absolutely will transform your journey on this, that, that you will go from, Oh, wretched man that I am, which we are, who will deliver me from this body of death. Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus, our Lord. A lot of people struggle to accept the second half. We feel the wretchedness of ourselves, but can we accept that by God's grace, even though we do what we don't want to do and that sin keeps crouching at the door, oh, how much more do we need the grace of God to teach us? Titus chapter 2. How much more do we need the grace of God to teach us to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age? So I want to I want to read this verse from Jesus's words, John chapter 17, starting in verse 13. And, and, uh, Jesus is about to be crucified and he's praying this prayer of unity for his people, but he prays this, this interesting prayer. And I think it applies. I, I really know it applies in this context. Jesus says this, when you think about how to live a pure, you know, how to, how to stay pure in an impure world. He says, I am coming to you now. Jesus says, I am coming to you, the Father now, but I say these things while I am still in the world. Okay, so he's in the world. Jesus became, God became flesh in Jesus. He felt the flesh. And he says, while I'm, I'm saying these things while I'm still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. It's really important. It's not that Jesus says, go hide in a cave. Um, but how do we find the protection of God against the evil one? Verse 16, they are not of the world, 
even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you, as you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. That's Jesus' prayer. Like, I pray that over you and me. I'm still in this journey. I still got to stay alert. We're going to look into this. So seven things that are going to help you, absolutely going to help you on this journey. And that's not an overpromise. These are these are things that I, I am confident from the wisdom of God's word that, that are going to help you. Seven things. All right, here we go. The first one is so important that you or the person that you know, they need to acknowledge that there is a problem and that you need the power of God that is greater than your power or strength. There's an acknowledgement. So you got to think about breaking free from the addiction to pornography or impurities like this, almost more like an AA type of 12-step thing. Now, I'm giving you seven today, but I think if you really look at the 12-step, it follows the same pattern. This is not a, 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 um, a quick fix. Watch this video and uh, read this book, listen to this podcast, and suddenly you'll never struggle with it ever again. Absolutely not. Alcoholics live in a world filled with alcohol. They really can't remove themselves from the world. They can't go to any restaurant without alcohol being around, or they go to somebody's house and it's there. It's just, it's something that they have to learn how to deal with, how to live around. And so when we think of a pornography or sexual addiction, we, we've got to understand uh, that it's, it's, it's something that you need to acknowledge your power, your powerlessness, your creator and savior, Jesus, that you need him and his power, the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead. And so step one, acknowledge that there's a, there's a problem, that you're powerless, that you need help, that you need this, the power of the Holy Spirit and his people. That's step one. Step two, Truly live out the teachings of James chapter 5, verse 16. This was transformative for my life. I knew, I read, I could tell you James chapter 5, verse 16 while I was struggling with pornography, but I didn't obey it. Until I was closer to turning 21, I didn't obey it. And when I started to obey it... It radically changed me, the healing I found. So this is what this is what James chapter 5, verse 16 says. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Most people stop there. No way, no way. I'm doing everything in my power to avoid transparency confession for anyone to find out. It's like Satan wants you to think that is the worst possible thing that could ever happen. Satan wants you to be enslaved. He wants you to live in darkness. He wants you to stay completely isolated and living by your own strength. But James, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confession, prayer, then you have the chance of finding healing. We always we, we, we want to skip to the healing part, but do we... Want to have confession, and do we want to invite people to be actively praying for us in specific ways by name on the topic? I feel like you've got to invite people that you can trust and confess to 
finding accountability, and then you've got to invite people into prayer. And then the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective to find that to, through God's power to, to, to give you healing. This is step two. You've got to live out James chapter five, verse 16 in a real, honest, and practical way with the people of God that you trust. You got to find people that you trust. And that's really important, but you've got to trust somebody. You've got to take some level of risk and open yourself up. Otherwise, there's a very low chance that you will find the help and healing that you need. Number three, you will need to grapple with and grow in your acceptance of God's grace and forgiveness over your life. This is really hard for people. They don't feel worthy and we're not worthy. But that's actually part of the key. To to, to live into freedom is actually understanding your powerlessness, understanding out of gratitude your need for the grace of God and then accepting it and just being filled with joy and letting the grace of God pick you up, Titus chapter 2, pick you up and set you back on your feet and teach you how to say no. How did we get here, Cody? How, how, what happened there? Where was the breakdown? Where did you buy the lies of the enemy? The grace of God, if you don't accept it, You will stay defeated and stay dead in your sins. And I say this with deep compassion, but with immense, like, I'm imploring you. You've got to embrace the grace of God in your life. You've got to. You've got to allow the forgiveness of God to transform you. To believe that he can and wants to forgive you because... You're not going to get to a point where you don't need it anymore and then you can merit God's love, grace, and favor. Like, it doesn't really work that way. So you got to accept it first and let it transform you to say, wow, in spite of me not deserving it, God, you give it. And I want to use it in the right ways to learn from my sin and not just constantly repeat it. Understand, I'm not, by the grace of Jesus, if you're in Christ Jesus... Okay, if your faith and trust is in Jesus as Lord, then I, I'm not condemned because of my sin, but I can learn from it and, and make the changes necessary to not continually repeat, repeat, repeat the same, the same mistakes and just give over to it and just be a slave to it. Um, that his chains are off, you stop putting them back on you. And so this is a the transformative thing, and I think it's really powerful. It's something that I think often gets skipped when we think about overcoming this type of stuff is really just accepting the grace and forgiveness of God and accepting forgiveness of yourself for yourself. Um, It's really important. Uh, Number four, all right? You will need to strengthen your devotion and commitment to God's word. Okay, you're going to need to strengthen your devotion and commitment to God's word so that you will be better equipped to identify the truths or the lies that need discerned during the battles against the flesh and sin and temptation. There's a war waging for you. Satan is actively pursuing you. He is actively trying to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. And he is going to lie. That is his native tongue. He's going to lie to you. And he is going to speak in the voice of God and speak what sounds like truth. For instance, uh, this is wrong. You said you'd never do it again. You said you you would you promised God you would never do this. 
you can't be forgiven of this anymore. Okay, is that true? Or is that a lie? Well, if you're not rooted in Scripture, it's and and, and I and I want to primarily rooted in Scripture. But but part of how you do this is not not at all a, repl- a replacement of just you need to be in Scripture every day, soaking up the truths of God's word so you can discern. But you also need connected to other people who are connected to the Word of God so that they can remind you of these truths and call out the lies and help you discern, help you hear it clearly. Okay, and so I want to encourage you. Uh, to, to really devote yourself to God's word in, in, a, in a way you've never done it. And understanding, I've got to be on guard. And, and really, that's, that's the next thing. You need to stay actively on guard. This is number five. You need to stay actively on guard against the schemes of the enemy. So there's a lot of overlap here. And, and I'd say your best defense is understanding the truth of God's word, okay? That you are not too far gone. That God's grace still extends to you. While it's called today, meaning while you're still alive here, God's grace extends to us, which is incredible, okay? But what are you doing with it? And, and are you staying alert and sober-minded, understanding that the, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, okay? He wants to devour you, okay? So you need, you need to not be complacent, okay? You don't, you don't get to take a day off from your journey of purity. It's a daily decision and active choice. Number two, you need to clearly identify your triggers. You need to understand what is the enemy kind of using, what in your flesh seems to trigger you. We'll kind of follow up on that in a sec. What seems to trigger you into those things? And, and, and thirdly, you need to know and understand the enemy's tactics. You got to kind of know your enemy, not in some worshipful way, but you need to understand you know, almost like a, a modern day screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis. I mean, getting in the psychology of like, man, this is this is what Satan is trying to weaponize. There's things in my life that'll happen out of nowhere. And I'm like, that is clearly the enemy trying to slide in and plant seeds or, or situation, whatever it might be. Like, you got to know the enemy's tactics. You've got to think about these things. You've got to stay alert and sober minded. You got to be ready at all times. You don't get to take time off. And that doesn't have to be exhausting if you're living that through the power of the Spirit of God. If you're doing it by your power, first of all, it just won't work. Um, if it works for a little bit, you either get exhausted or you let down your guard by your strength. you got to have the protection of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you got to train yourself to live in that more and more and more each day. All right. So number six is a part of how you protect is utilizing filters, online filters, wherever it, wherever's helpful, appropriate, necessary. Okay. And so for me, this has been hugely helpful for me, especially in those early years where I was retraining my heart, my mind, my eyes, my desires, everything, because I needed help saying no when I was used to failing and saying yes. And um, online filters is another step. I believe that where there's a will, there's a way. There's no perfect online filters. If you really want to look at it, there's a way. But I tell you what, these filters slow you down. And a lot of them come with accountability, people that you can strategically connect to these so that they can help monitor or or be alerted in ways. And so this is great for everybody. I mean, I feel like everybody should have these, okay? Um, and so like I've used different ones throughout the the journey of, of my life over the last 15, 16 years, um, really, really 
helping me retrain my heart, my mind. It slows down in those weak moments and those moments where you just feel really tempted or you feel, you know, then these, these filters create more and more and more blockades, hopefully really, you know, lock tight lock blockades for you to not be able to access it, get through that temptation, get to something healthier, call, call phone, a friend, reach out, tell somebody and say, my accountability partners, man, praying for me. I'm feeling attacked right now. Those filters really keep you from indulging, keeping you from falling into that temptation. It's really important. So a few, just a few, there's a lot out there, guys. Um, this is just a short list An easy Google search will help you find these, uh, you know, something that might work well for you, but, uh, X three watch is one kind of online accountability filter stuff, covenant eyes, circle by Disney and canopy. Okay. So, um, these are, these are all things that I would say are recommendable from me to you. Um, and they each have kind of different ways they work, but they're all, most of them nowadays are just VPN. Like basically you give it permission to take over your phone and monitor everything you do and be able to intercept and, uh, record track your activity. So it takes humility and, uh, but man does, is it great accountability? So, uh, I hope those are helpful for you. Uh, if you have any more questions about those, reach out to me. Okay. The last one, number seven, uh, as I was talking about those triggers, right? You will need to actively be aware and limit these things. Stress, exhaustion, hunger. Depending on who you are, different ones. For me, stress. Uh, and I'd say exhaustion. Uh, hunger, meh. You know, like I get hungry, <laughs> which can lead to hangry. But uh, I, these are things that lower your defenses. And you need to be actively aware. Am I stressed? Am I tired? Am I hungry? Because those things make you feel weak. All of those in their own ways wear you down, make you feel like you have less capacity, self-control. And that's why, that's why I mentioned those is there's a level of awareness of, Hey, I, I really just, I just need to, I need to get some sleep or I need to uh, go on a prayer walk. I really need to talk with a friend. I'm really stressed. I really need to be prayer. Just turn this over in prayer. Um, these things might sound overly simple, but your awareness needs to grow on, on what are those triggers? What are those areas where I might feel vulnerable? Is my spouse going to be out of town? I need to invite more accountability in. I need to proactively let people know I'm going to be in this situation. I'm going to be in a hotel room by myself, or I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. It's like, whatever it is, you know, if you're going to be out of town or home alone or or you're just really tired, or you're exhausted, or whatever it is, you know, don't do things like just stay up till two or three. I'm like, nothing good happens after 10, right? I mean, it's a joke, but like, there are things that are going to increase your chances of putting yourself in a really bad spot. And so you've got to be, you got to be honest, you got to think through this, and you got to kind of be self-aware to know, hey, like those things aren't, aren't helpful for me. And maybe some things you don't feel like you have full control over yet, you're trying, like stress, but you need to be aware of it and say, Hey, I need extra. I need to be extra on guard. I need to be extra transparent to my accountability partners that this is, this is kind of the season that I'm in and I need people checking in. I need people texting me saying, how's purity going? How are you doing? Love you. Praying for you. You know, reach out if you need anything, man, that's huge. That's huge. And so, um, listen, what I want you to know is there's hope. I talked to a lot of guys who just, 
they've kind of given up on there being hope beyond their, their addiction. Most of them have never tried one, you know, uh, most of these seven things with the veracity that I believe they need to be lived out. Obviously some of them live out some of them. I'm not saying like none, but like the, you need all seven of these. You need, uh, you need all seven of these actively working and it's a commitment, but what does it mean to follow Jesus? It's dying to yourself, taking up your cross and following him. I mean, this is the life that's called that we're called to live to Jesus, whether it's pornography or some other temptation or struggle. There's, there's a daily dying to self that must be required, not to earn salvation, but to live a life that act, actively follows Jesus. This is just part of the program, guys. But you know what? I want you to live in that freedom. I want you to live in the hope and peace and love of God in a way that you experience and exude life that Jesus came to give you life and life to the full. And that's not cutesy words. I want you to feel that in your life. I want you to experience it over your life. I want you to experience freedom and deliverance over your life like you've never experienced it before. I want you to taste freedom and be like, I don't want to go back. That stuff is all a facade. It's all, it's all just, just like, it's poison in my life. It's something that, that is just hurting you and those around you. And I know you know that, but there's freedom in Jesus Christ. But are you willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to obey what he teaches us in order to live a life of self-denial? Dying yourself, taking up your cross and following Jesus. Here's the thing. If you're struggling with this or you know somebody struggling with this, you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. And so you don't have to, you don't have to talk to me, but I'm inviting you to talk with me. Talk with somebody that you know you can trust, but I'm happy to talk with you. In fact, I've got me, I've got others that you can talk with who've been on this journey and, and even just if we need to create cohorts of people, like, listen, this is something that I want, that I, part of my life and ministry so far and, and, and into the future that it's, if 91% of men are struggling with this and 60.2% of, of women are struggling with this and listen, um, this is going to be a lifelong journey, uh, that I need to stay on guard and committed to, and, and other people are going to need the hope of Jesus in this way. Um, I really want that for you. So feel free to reach out to me better equipped with Cody at gmail.com. Listen, I will keep it confidential. Whatever needs to be confidential, I will do that. I'm used to doing that. That's that's no problem, okay? So if you need a safe place to land and dialogue and share where you're at, um, please reach out. You can email me. You can, you, if, you have, if you have my phone number, I'm not going to give that out on the internet, but if you have my phone number, text me, call me, uh, whatever. You want to meet up and talk in person, let's do it. You want a Zoom call? Let's do it. Let's talk about it and let's 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 find freedom. Let's find hope. So I want you to know, I, I would love to be praying for you, um, whoever you are. I'm praying in general, and I know a lot of people I'm praying specifically for, 
But for those who might be listening that you and I've never talked, I just want you to know, like I'm praying for people like you who are, who are not only listening to this, but are struggling and, and if, and a desperate before the Lord to say, God, I need you. I need your deliverance. I need your freedom. And so uh, just know that I'm committed to be praying for you and I'm, I'm here if you need me. Okay. So hey, I hope you found this helpful to better equip you on this journey to, to, to stay pure, to find purity in an impure world. And uh, man, pass this along to other people who need it too.